Where is your weight? Where are your eyes? Where are you? What are you trying to do while you're moving through space doing this thing? It's not like put your hand here, put your hand there, but it is talking about how you move, move in a gentle way, move left to move right. Actually, is one of the one of the things from the Tai Chi classics. You can't go up without going down. You can't go down without going up. So. Welcome back to another episode of Movement Matters, a real wellness podcast with your very own Colin and Diana from Koru Real Wellness. Today's episode features a conversation with Diana and Koru's Tai Chi specialist, Kate Kane. Kate is a certified Tai Chi instructor. She is a resident of Upper Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and she's been studying and learning Tai Chi since 2013. She's now teaching at Coral Real Wellness since we opened, actually. She's one of our first instructors. And I was lucky to have her as my personal Tai Chi teacher throughout the whole of last year, which was wonderful. In addition to the many documented benefits of Tai Chi, such as better balance, improved focus, and less stress, Kate hopes to help students cultivate the calm and stability, both physical and mental, that can result from the practice. This was a very warm conversation for the fall weather approaching and also a perfect time of the year to explore your Tai Chi practice. Remember friends, your first class is always free at Koro. Enjoy this conversation. So Kate, so good to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, and uh, We've known each other for a little bit, and I know that we can talk about that, but I would like to begin by stealing a question that I hear is first, um, the first question that Krista Tippett usually asks in her podcast on being, you know how we have our mentors and people that Mm -hmm. inspire us, she's one of mine, and a very wise woman just like you. And one of her questions, especially at the beginning of the podcast to her interviewees is, Did you have any spiritual or religious background growing up? Zero. Absolutely none. Although one Sunday my mother thought it would be a good thing to read the Bible, start reading the Bible, and so she sat down and started reading Genesis, and that that was the end of that. So no, my brothers and my sister did. Uh, They all went to, they all got confirmed. See, I don't even know the language, Um, and went to Sunday school, but I did not. I was a fourth child and we think they were done <laughs> experimenting <laughs> like we're done now take care of yourself yeah right yeah pretty much right and uh do you recall a time in your life where you were became interested in spirituality or or anything like that huh any other than this physical world that we live well, in? that's an interesting question i um think of myself as being more scientific minded um but there are a lot of similar questions that come up in sciences, come up in the spiritual discussions. But it's not something I've spent a ton of time in. And actually, 
um, you know, the question about talking about Taoism and I, I'm just learning all about Taoism and about all kinds of stuff that I didn't know before. It's a new, it's a new area for me to learn about. I was always more in the physical and the what I would call real, but that's not the right word anymore. So. Mm, I see what you mean. Yeah. And when did you become interested in Tai Chi? Well, um, I'd say, I, I don't know, I tried it for the first time maybe 10 years ago, and I tried a class, and I thought, oh, this is too slow. I didn't want to do it. I was very athletic and active, and it just seemed like I didn't understand what was going on. Um, and then uh, I tried it again after I started having more back problems, um, and I stopped taking dance classes, and I wanted to do something else, and I thought, well, I'll try this. Um, and it just clicked. Second time through, it just clicked, and um, that was in 2013, and, mm -hmm. and here I am. So I, I now do seven or eight classes a week uh, between ones that I teach, assistant teach, or take for myself. So. Yeah, and I'll, I'll definitely get more into that because you are one of the practitioners and teachers here at Koro, and you teach Tai Chi. Indeed. And I'm very um, familiar with it, thanks to you and, and some practice I had back in Uruguay. So before we get into Tai Chi specifically and dive into that, you have a very active, um, let's say, athletic background. I just had a conversation with you in the kitchen that blew my mind oh. <laughs> <laughs> about a week in Kate's life. And when, when was that? Can you just share that so everybody can hear that? I, I'm not sure. I, I've forgotten already. So what was I? You, you were talking about uh, you would go swimming and have dance oh, class. Oh, oh and... yeah. I used to, uh, yes, when I was more active, I would bicycle and swim. Uh, I often would swim before work. And then I also took dance classes and I don't know, there was something else I'm forgetting already. But um, yeah, I did a lot of physical activity. That was, that was, that's my joy mm -hmm. in life is the physical activities. So. And did you ever compete or train at it with a regular, no, a regular I never, way? No, I never did. Well, unless you count um, summer camp. So my, my biggest accomplishment in summer camp was that I competed in a race, swimming race, with a boy across the street who was older than I was, and he had a pool in his house, so he was swimming all the time, and I beat him at the camp race, and it was... That was something. Like, yeah, girl power. <laughs> Very good. Very it was good. great. But other than that, I haven't really, um, no, I haven't really trained in a professional way. Mm -hmm. So you always had an active lifestyle mm -hmm. and liked... Like you said, the physical activity is your joy and what connects you to that joy. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a very good, to make a connection between that and how once you found Tai Chi, and Tai Chi was so slow. You're like, oh, I have this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Too slow. Yeah. And, and how do we sometimes relate physical activity or being active with fast pushing, right. um, seeing it, and seeing it actually in in to the naked eye sometimes it's these tiny movements that mm -hmm. are so delicious mm -hmm. and yes, they can exactly. be seen right exactly. so we don't put value into things that is hard to see or hard to um, achieve in a fast pushing kind of way which seems to be most right most ways um 
on the sports and activities that we do see. I would love to see sometimes uh, athletes training very slow, yeah. repeating, and the, the one thing that you don't see, you see the race, you don't see the preparation for right. the race, right. Right? right? So you tried Tai Chi for the second time and that clicked with you. And can you share with us what was it that the bi that bug that bit you or um, fall in love with it? I, I'm going to say that my... I haven't uh, embraced any spiritual practices, any spiritual style, but I would say that I embraced uh, the inner workings of Tai Chi, which is slow and measured and focused, and um, it's just spoke to me. Um, I don't. I hate to say it's, and when you get older, that 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 means more to you, but maybe that's what it is. I don't know. It's <laughs> a lot of older people do Tai Chi, and a lot of younger people don't. Um, but uh, it just it, it provided a focus um, and a, a quieting of my brain that I really like a lot. The chi is kind of moving meditation, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. How I, would you describe it to somebody that never? I, I doubt, yeah. I doubt people have never heard of it because in China, for example, yeah. it's what the national sport everybody does. Yes, in right. It's it's a gym activity. That's actually. right. <laughs> so, but how yeah. would you describe it if someone never heard of it before? Well, it's um, it's many things actually. It's um, a system of health. It's a way of moving your body in a gentle way that um, exercises your body. It's a meditation. It's also uh, what they call an internal martial art, which is one of the things that I think I, I really enjoy a lot. Some people don't like to think mm -hmm. about it, but um, all of the moves are uh, of the form are designed as, um, if you think about you're fighting with somebody, an imaginary opponent, and this is how you would ward off an attack or stop an attack or repulse uh, uh, an opponent. Um, so there's that aspect to it. Uh, there's so many a aspects to it that it's, it's really kind of hard to narrow them down, but those are the main ones, I think. Would you say that is a mind-body connectivity oh, type absolutely. of activity? Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It, it completely um, is, it enhances your focus. Um, and as well as the meditative aspect of it. It makes you aware of your body, something I know that is near and dear to your heart. Um, and it, I was just actually talking about this earlier today, about how um, th there's a practice that my teacher has uh, asks us to do, which is to, when you're lying in bed at night, after you've learned the form, do it in your head. Can you do it in your head? And one of the hardest parts to do is to know what your feet are doing. Even if you know the whole, the whole form, it's hardest to remember what your feet are doing. So to me, it connects. Uh, one of, uh, an important thing that it does is it allows you to connect your top to your bottom and to move with consciousness and to, um, yeah, I guess that's it. <laughs> that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Because really, our feet are the, the one part of our body that connects us to the ground. Right. So you would think a lot of our mobility depends on the feet. A lot of our survival depends on how fast can we be on our feet mm -hmm. um, or stable or balanced. Yeah. And yet that you can visualize or mental practice, which I love and I do it all the time, recommend that my clients do it all the time, 
um, that you can remember what your hands are doing, what your torso is doing, mm -hmm. your head, but not your feet. Yeah. You depend on them so much. Yeah. Isn't that wild? Yeah, but that's one of the things that we talk about um, is one of the great, another great benefit of Tai Chi is becoming aware of how your, your feet are moving and where they are relative to your body weight and relative to each other. Um, one of the um, major things that that Western science has said is a benefit of Tai Chi is an improvement in balance. And I'm I'm not a scientist or a medical professional, but I think that must be basically what is the benefit is that you become aware of where your feet are. So absolutely, yeah, yeah, and how to move your center of gravity over yes, your feet. Yes, right. Right. Which is something we do constantly in walking, but we never pay attention to that. Right. Well, we were talking about that the other day about the um, controlled fall, mm. you know, and that's something that um, uh, Tai Chi can help you avoid. Um, I was walking on the canal last winter with my husband and um, it was a little icy and he kept saying, oh, I'm slipping. Oh, isn't it a little icy? And I thought, I'm not slipping at all. <laughs> and it took me a while to sort of process and I thought, oh. That's because my weight, I've changed the way I walk. Mm -hmm. So um, that was helpful. <laughs> yeah, helpful to understand. I love from my, from my experience of Tai Chi, and by the way, I have to make a, a, a note here, is like I had the honor of being your private mm. student Thank for you. a year and a half, basically, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. We spent together where we traded uh, classes. So Kay will come to my Feldenkrais group class, and I would take um, her Tai Chi class just for me, which felt like an incredible privilege mm -hmm. because we could dissect the form and learn the movements really slowly and, and I had all these questions, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was wonderful. But from that experience, I remember that where your head was made a huge difference and you can't be looking down right. and you can't be looking to the right or right. to the left. The head and the eyes are their own body part moving in specific directions. Yeah. Yeah. So that's key also to keep your balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We don't think about it. We well, look down all the time. Well, and yeah, particularly now when people are sitting at desks and looking over their phones and looking at their computers all the time, um, then your head, which, and I don't know, maybe you know how much a, a head weighs, 15 pounds or something like that. 15 pounds, yeah. <laughs> so you're constantly having 15 pounds pulling you forward. Um, you know, that's not, not good for your, any part of your body. Yeah. 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 And um, another question I had specifically about Tai Chi is, do you know, or can you share, because I'm sure you know, uh, would you like to share with us, how do, do these wild names uh, came about in each, yeah. each movement? So a form may have, what, any, anything between 25 to 60 movements uh, or more? Oh, it can be up to 148 or something like Different that. Different steps. Yeah. And yeah. each of them has these beautiful, unique names. Yeah. A lot of them animal-related. Yes. So yes. can you give us a few examples? Sure. Um, so, well, there's uh, Repulse the Monkey. There's White Crane Spreads Its Wings. There's, I don't know, I can't, I'd have to, I'd have to sit and work through the form. But the story is that the person who... Um, was the first one to really codify the uh, Tai Chi form, went and sat out in the woods, and he watched a snake battling with a bird. Oh, that's one of them. The snake creeps through the grass. Um, and he was watching them battle, and he saw what, what assets the snake had and what assets the bird had, and used those to develop movements that became part of the Tai Chi form. 
And then that just, they, Taoists, I do know this much about Taoists, is that um, they revere nature. Um, mm -hmm. So they spend a lot of time in nature and they look at it and they learn from nature. Um, so a lot of the names uh, are related to animals and, and nature, their movements yeah. and nature. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty nice. And there's more than one form of Tai Chi. Yes, there are many, many forms. There are six major families of Tai Chi um, and each family has many forms. Um, it's, it's not even worth starting to rattle them off because yeah. <laughs> there's so many of them. And some of them were kind of uh, extinct and some of them were kept secret and some of them yeah. were shared. Yeah. That is also quite fascinating to yeah. me. Uh, something that has been passed along for so many generations. Right. Well, it was a very um, traditional in the sense of there would be um, there would be a village with a family name and they would have their family style of mar martial arts and Tai Chi. And uh, there would be a master um, of the form, and he would have one or two apprentices. And then they would go out and teach other people. Um, but they, it was very closely guarded. Um, and then during the Cultural Revolution, um, there were a lot of problems with, <laughs> they were trying to get rid of the old. It's my understanding that somebody going to look up on Wikipedia and say, you don't have that right. But anyway, <laughs> um, basically, it, during that time in China, um, masters had to go away and live in the countryside. They couldn't practice in public because um, they were they would be condemned, they would be arrested, and some of them were killed. And so it continued in private, uh, in secret. And then at some point, somebody said, wait a minute, this is a good thing. Um, and they asked them back, and, and they brought together masters from different families, and then they came up with this form that you and I were practicing, which has um, now become, as I said, it's a, uh, it's like gym class in mm -hmm. China. It's required that everyone learns how to do this form and perf and perfects it to a certain degree. So it's it's great because in a way it's teaching you besides the balance and in all these medical benefits, right? We could go on and on mm -hmm. about that because I'm sure your your heart rate diminishes mm -hmm. and your breathing improves and you're freeing your head and eyes, which means also that your abdomen relaxes yeah. or has the ability to relax versus lowering the head, which contracts the abdomen. Right. So we can go on and on, but thinking that it's a martial art. Right. And that even though you may not be able to use it today, the way that it's practiced, probably back in the day, everybody was thinking about self-defense. Right, right. Well, absolutely, because, uh, well, when they started developing some of these uh, movements, um, they didn't have weapons. Right. You know, they just had their bodies. And right. that's um, particularly in the, you know, the more remote villages. So that was one of the ways I've been told that they defended themselves was people would learn how to do this, uh, these movements. And um, just to sort of move over to another um, thing. I don't know if you've been here when I've been practicing the fan yes. movement. Oh, yes. right, that's on my list. To oh, ask okay. you. Yeah, okay. yeah. Go ahead. Go so ahead. that is um, that was something that was uh, a defensive weapon. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times people 
when they first see the fan, they think, oh, you're going to do a, a fan dance. And it's like, no, 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 no. Um, so these fans are big. They're big, and they used to have metal splines, uh -huh. and the metal splines would be uh, have pointed knife ends at the tips yep. so that they could be used as a weapon. Um, so that was another way that they... Yeah. <laughs> but, but now what we do is we just have a, a another form. Um, but throughout the form, you can stop at different places and say, what is it? What is the defensive move or the offensive move that you're making? If you think of it as a martial art. Yeah, it completely um, transforms the, the quality of the movements when yes, you're thinking yeah. of the, the strike yeah. versus just the hand moving. If right. you're thinking this hand is, is, is really aimed to, to your Adam's apple right. and I can choke you with it. Right. Yeah, right. It's very different <laughs> than, oh, look at this yeah, hand. Yeah, right? Right. yeah, it's not a choreography. It's um, not a dance. So it yeah. looks very, very graceful and yeah. it feels really graceful, but it's, yes. um, it's yeah. a martial arts. Yeah. Which reminds me of one of my favorite people in the world, Josh Waitzkin oh. and his uh, push hands. Yes. So, so internal Tai Chi, it's it's a form on itself of mm -hmm. martial arts called push hands. Yeah. And when you look at it from outside, what does it look like? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Can well, you, he's can you he's describe it? he's uh, a vigorous practitioner. I'd say <laughs> the ones that I have seen. Well, you have two people standing. There's a um, you know there are different advances as you get more and more experienced at it, and obviously he is world class at this. But when you start out, you have two people facing each other and the backs of their hands are touching and their hands make a big a circle between the two people. And what you're doing, it's um, you're feeling for a weakness. So you just, you're just moving your hands and touching each other's hands and when you feel a weakness in the other person, then you, you flip your hand over and try and grab them. And it's, if they are paying attention, then they can get out of the way and get their hand out of the way so you can't grab it. So it's just a practice. It's a way, it's a step along the path to become Josh Waits. <laughs> uh -huh. If we could ever. Right? Yeah, right. But so basically you're, you're connecting with each other. Yes. You are moving this energy, which we will talk in just mm -hmm. a minute. And then you look for an opening. Yes. And when you find the opening, you take the opponent and you're able to flip him or her on the ground in just like a split second. Well, I've never done, I've never that, practiced. That's what that. it looks like. Yes. Well, that's what he does. That's what I was saying. That's like wow. you march along a path and you're going to get to uh -huh. something more like that rather than the little bits that I've done of it is just standing with another person. Um, I've seen videos of people um, who... They try and push each other over, but it's not really a vigorous flip. Uh -huh. <laughs> You're just yeah. trying to get somebody off balance. Yeah. Um, so, so what is this subtle energy? What? How can we talk about that and not get all like yeah. metaphysic? Or if yeah. we have to, that's okay. But just to describe, what are you looking for? What do you call a weak weakness or right. taking each other's center of right. balance, which is the way I learned it in Aikido? Right. Well, let's see. It's. I'm going to think about how to say that. Um, so. To think about the energy movement in Tai Chi, they, we believe that um, that you, your body is full of chi. Everything is actually everything is full of chi, and you can learn to control the chi in your body, and you can use it to um, move energy throughout your body. And anybody who has ever gone to acupuncture has the experience of having uh, the chi flow opened up in their bodies because that's what an acupuncturist does. They put needles in what they call the meridian channels, which are 
there are 12 major channels in your body. And they put, if there's a blockage, like a little dam, and the energy isn't flowing, then you start having problems. You might have a health problem of some sort. Even if it's just the very beginning of a health problem, you can go to an acupuncturist and they'll put a needle in um, and it'll help open up the flow of the energy. So people who are very experienced can sense energy in other people. I, I am barely learning to sense energy in myself, so I'm not among those people, but that's what I've been told. And, and as, a, um, as an exercise to do this push hands, then you can, you can feel the energy flow and you can feel like if someone gets, loses their focus, or they, you know, I mean, it could be physical as well, I guess. I, as I said, I haven't done it that much, but um, anyway, that's a, a basic concept. So what happens when you, when you practice Tai Chi? Would, would you say that you can connect to the Chi or grow your Chi oh, by practicing? Well, for me, as far as I've gotten, it's, um, you can feel it, you can sense it. That's the first, that's the first step is just to even believe that it's there and to feel it. Um, and I have had enough experience in just the few years that I've been doing this to understand that that is a real thing. And, you know, that's just the way it is as far as I'm, <laughs> as far as I can tell. And then you need, you want to do various exercises to cultivate it, to, to, get more in your body and to keep it happy, keep it flowing and moving happily in your body. Mm -hmm. um, and those are all, uh, it becomes sort of, this is what I do now. <laughs> you know, it's not just, okay, I went to Tai Chi class, now I'm done. Um, it's, as my teacher said, you become a Tai Chi person. And I think I'm in the process of becoming a Tai Chi person, so. Um, I don't know. Did I answer your question? I'm, totally, yeah. Because yeah. I have felt it too, and, mm -hmm. and I work with it uh, with myself as well. But I would I would say everybody could feel it right this minute if we say, for example, put our palms together, right, and then you begin to just separate them a little bit, yeah, and you just feel something between the palms, especially if you're not watching TV or yeah, you know, yeah. paying attention to something else, but you bring your attention to that warmth or sensation mm -hmm. between the hands, and mm -hmm. and there's basically like a a distance if you continue to separate them yeah where you continue to feel that and at some point you don't sense it right. anymore it's almost right. like my ball yeah invisible chi ball absolutely is this big and i can feel it and i can move it around and that's mm -hmm. one of the beautiful movements that i love in the tai chi yeah. practice yeah to move this energy ball around right and really feel it um vibrate or yes. some, some right. sort of warmth yeah. coming out warmth of it. Warmth or tingling or mm -hmm. vibration or, yeah. yeah. So after, after you, one learns to do that, then you want to learn to feel it everywhere. Right. That's, that's where it gets kind of <laughs> intense. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. And, and there are pra various practices that um, just enhance the flow of energy and your consciousness of it as it's moving through your body. And then, then you get to a whole nother level that I'm, I'm not, I haven't experienced yet, but I've heard about, and it's, um, can be very, um, I don't know if enlightening is the right word, mm. <laughs> but m mind expanding is right. what I've heard. For sure. Yeah. Would you say that your teacher is at that level? Oh yeah. I, I think she is. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about Judy for oh, a moment? Oh, please. Yeah. Thank you, Judy, for letting us yes. talk about you. Yeah? <laughs> uh, because I've met Judy in person and wow. 
is she's like a warrior. Yeah, I love her. Yeah, she's warrior she's queen. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how did you meet Judy? Um, well, actually, she was teaching in Frenchtown, um, and I had had a teacher that I started with who decided to stop teaching. So I was looking for another class, and I was lucky enough to have her Judy teach me privately for seven weeks or eight weeks because no one else joined the class. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, I was very lucky that way. And um, Judy, it's Judy Hasen, and she, is, uh, she studied with a master from Wudong Mountain, which is Wudong Mountain is in China. It's the home of Tai Chi. And she spent, uh, I don't know how many times she went there. I think she said six times or seven times, and she had people come and stay with her. So she has a lot of experience. Um, and her teacher, she, she tells stories about her teacher that are, she said he was spooky. That's what she's, <laughs> that he would be able to do things that, um, that were unbelievable. Um, one of the ones is if you're ever uh, interested in martial arts and you see martial arts movies, there's always a scene where there's one person kind of holding up their hands and six people fall down or, you know, yep, I've that seen kind it. of thing. And she saw her teacher do something like that. So somebody came and he just sort of held up his hand near him and the guy went like flying. Invisible shield. Yeah. Well, it was his chi. Right. So he was able to control his chi to the point of of uh, pushing this guy over. So I, I haven't seen it in person, but yeah. she has. So Well, Judy is kind of mesmerizing. When you see when I've seen her yeah. practice, and, yes. and it was beautiful. We had the celebration of International Tai Chi Day. World Tai Chi. World Tai Chi Day right here in at Koru, and, uh, and, and a bunch of people were in this very room we're recording right now, and then Judy says, I'm going to demonstrate yeah. a form that it's kept secret, and I've never shown it, or I don't know, it, was, it, it sounded like she was unveiling this yes. amazing yeah. mystery, and I thought it was going to be like a short thing. It turned out to be over 60 movements, yeah. and it was mesmerizing. It was like watching yeah. a cobra. Yeah. I just couldn't stop looking at her right yeah she's uh she called that i think the original form wow so she must have learned that in in china and um yeah that was beautiful beautiful i i i'm hoping that she'll teach it yeah <laughs> she sometime. wouldn't let me record it no i said no. can i video nope she doesn't she doesn't like uh being recorded and videotaped and she doesn't like people sharing it and you know you gotta she, learn it by doing it. Yep. Show up. Yeah. Well, you can't. You can't really learn Tai Chi from a video. I mean, you can, in a very, you know, superficial way, learn Tai Chi from a video. But you have to study uh, with yeah. a teacher to really get the, the details and the yeah. fine points. Yeah. And and I really respect her not wanting it to be shown in, yeah. in a social media or whatever because it is that kind of um, very precious. Um, hand to hand, heart to heart, mm -hmm. body to body, hand mm -hmm. transmission, mm -hmm. which I think it's very yeah. valuable and, yeah. and and speaks to the nature of these arts. Right, right. Well, it's the same with Feldenkrais. You know, you just I could I wouldn't be able to just look at a video of it and understand what was going on. For sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, move this way. Well, okay. Now what? Absolutely. Yeah. So, what is the most, if you were to say, the one or two most fundamental things that Judy has taught you, or brought into your life as, hmm. a, as a mentor, as a teacher? Wow. That's a really, really good question. Um, I would say, well, the, the learning how to approach uh, the practice of Tai Chi is uh, 
with relaxation, with concentration, with joy. Um, those are things that are not, I don't know that I would have been able to do previously um, because I was very goal oriented. Sorry. I was, um, so I've always had to, you know, it was like she often tells stories about people who go through the form and they finish it and they say, okay, we're done, what's next? And it's like, oh no, 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 no. We're not done. We're nowhere near done. Mm. Now we're going back to the beginning and we're going to learn about how to breathe. Uh -huh. Okay, now we're going back to the <laughs> beginning and we're going to learn how to look. Now we're going back and we're going to learn about the energy movement in your body. I mean, it just goes on and on and it gets yeah. deeper and deeper and deeper. Did you, did you teach me that there are 27 different things you could be paying attention to as you do the form? Yes, we're up to 33 now. Oh my God. <laughs> Besides the movements, it's just like yes. pay attention to yes. the breath, yeah. to the feet, yeah. to yeah. the eyes. Yeah, absolutely. To the ribbon. Absolutely, absolutely. The ribbon. The ribbon. I'm What's to, the ribbon? The ribbon is the flow of your movements from left to right. So you think about you. How do you move to the right? Well, first in Tai Chi, you want to move a little to the left, and then you move to the right. And then when you go to the right, you want to go a little farther, and then you go back and you go to the left. And when you put that together with the in the form, there's this really sinuous snaky we were just talking about that the other day it's snaky you're just like moving along and there's no resistance and there's no stops and starts and you never know where the beginning is or what the end is and it just feels wonderful it just feels so easy which is one of the things when we do Feldenkrais so you just all of a sudden it's like oh it feels so easy to move yeah you know it, it's really nice so um let's see what else did She's taught me so many things that it's kind of hard to winnow them down. Um, well, she's taught me to sort of trust my intuition, which is a, a, a big one. Not that I didn't, I don't know. It's just to, to embrace it maybe is a better, uh, a better word. She talks about um, synchronicities all the time. Mm. And she says, it's not an accident. Those things aren't accidents. Those are, you know, those happen for a reason. And... You know, there are things happening that we can't see that make those occurrences. Mm -hmm. um, like uh, the, the typical one is you think of somebody and the phone rings and there they are. Right. So w maybe you were actually communicating already and you don't know it. So mm. that kind of thing. So just to trust your feelings on stuff like that. Yeah. It all invites us to move in the world in a different way. It does. Right? Especially if you can take these principles from Tai Chi and apply them to the world. So as I hear you talking about the ribbon, I'm thinking, well, life is kind of like that, isn't it? Mm -hmm. You can't just force your way right, 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 right. Sometimes you have to backstep. Right. Sometimes you have to contract to expand. Absolutely. Or trust in that void or that dark darkness or what feels like you're, I'm in a low depressed moment mm -hmm. to expand back into my joy. Because right. we're not always... And in, in the up and in, in up. Right? Absolutely. Um, so life has a lot of that. Right, right. So there's the yin and the yang. Of right, exactly. <laughs> of everything. And and that, the yin yang symbol is actually the Tai Chi symbol. It was. It's right there. It's I, in the, I, I drew it. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah. It's in the classroom, uh, whiteboard. I am yeah. seeing it right now. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful. Um, it started out, it was just a circle, and then it was a straight line, black and white. On black on one side and white on the other, and then eventually it's developed into what it is today. But, um, Which means that in there's there's no beginning, there's no end. Uh -huh. It just there's just the flow. 
that's the flow. And in yeah. and, and in the white, there's a little dot. Oh, right, the male and female aspect of it, right? For sure. So the the white is the no, the the black is the yin uh, side, which is the female, and the white is the yang side, which is the male. But each has a little bit of the other. You can't have a male without a little bit of female, and you can't have the female without a little mm -hmm. bit of the male. And so that's yeah. what that symbol uh, means. Yeah. So. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. yeah, and I'm thinking that um, one of my favorite books in the world, it's uh, the Tao Te King. Mm -hmm. Not that I completely understand it. Oh no, yet, do I? <laughs> but it's it's one book that no matter which page I open it, I get like bam, yeah. slammed. Right? Yeah. It's like yeah, this is brilliant. Yeah. Now how can I live this two sentences right. and keep, yeah, keep, right. keep going? Right? Well, have you read it um, a lot of times? I've, I've only read it two or three times. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I don't quite understand. <laughs> you mean if I read the book a lot of times? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that book I had since I'm like 17. Oh, yeah. I gave it away. I bought it. It's yes, probably the yeah. book that I gifted yeah. the most. Yeah. And, and I have it in Spanish and I have several translations in English wow. just to see. I'm trying to, I wish I, learned, I could read it in, in its original language yeah. because I realized that the translations are very different oh right so right. the meaning Each is so hard is so to different. capture yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah well i've just started uh reading that judy gave me a copy for my uh, for christmas last year <laughs> um and i i try and read a couple of verses every morning but i haven't gotten through it that many times and i i confess that i don't understand it but wow. but she said just keep reading it keep reading it'll, it. it'll make sense yeah. eventually yeah <laughs> i read it through and i'm oh, sorry this, this, are, this is us hitting the mics or the table. Um, I read it through, and I also sometimes just open it in di different pages mm -hmm. and just let that soak. Just yeah. one page. Yeah. Uh, one paragraph yeah. or two sentences. Yeah. One sentence. You know, yeah. It doesn't matter because I feel like the book is written in a way that the wisdom is everywhere. Yes. So even if you capture one sentence and get to live that, you got it. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. In, in that book, the same thing is is several times right is is the the there's the, the nothingness oh that creates yeah. everything yeah yeah right, right? <laughs> the ten thousand things right right yeah. and it's the, the the space between the spokes that makes the wheel mm -hmm. right? yeah so yeah that's that's as i said i'm just i'm just learning that about that myself so um but my favorite concept is uh about water being the most powerful mm. thing because it flows around the rock and eventually uh, it wears away the rock yep. yeah yeah i love that as yeah. well yeah steady and yeah. consistent and Just you'll move, get there move wherever you have move to around. go move the easy way yeah that's right yeah, yeah the, the path of this resistance right yeah exactly um so okay Dao Te king uh recent book in, in your collection but you know very well or at least way more than i've no one else I know the Tai Chi classics. Oh, Do you want to share a bit about that? <laughs> well, um, I yeah, that's an, another book that I have read through a few times. Um, and actually, uh, Matthew. Oh, would, Matthew, dear he, Matthew. Yes, always said in the Tai Chi classics. It says <laughs> Matthew is an acupuncturist and overall beautiful soul and friend. Yes. Um, yeah. That. I don't know if he introduced us or he was meaningful in, in how we met, but uh, we'll have Matthew yeah. on the mic yes, at some point. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, he um, uh, used to have an open Tai Chi class, um, and I would I went to that for a while, and then he he stopped teaching, and then he was doing Qigong, and I have 
just become too busy, unfortunately, to go spend much time with him. So I haven't seen him in a while. But he talked about the Tai Chi classics, and the Tai Chi classics are a series of, of books. It's very, they're very short, um, but it's a bunch of, I think, three masters who describe how to, how to do Tai Chi in the philosophy of it, not the physical movements necessarily, not the sequence of movements, but how, how do you do it? Um, what's the philosophy? Where, where, where's your focus? Where's your, um, I, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to say it except philosophy. I haven't actually looked at it um, very recently, but um, where is your weight? Where are your eyes? Where are you? What are you trying to do while you're moving through space doing this thing? It's not like put your hand here, put your hand there, but it is talking about how you move you know, move like, well, move like, uh, they don't say a ribbon, but, yeah. you know, move in a gentle way. Move left to move right, actually, is one of the one of the things from the Tai Chi classics. You can't go up without going down. You can't go down without going up. Mm-hmm. So um, that's really the one I remember most clearly. Yeah, it talks about the inner <clears throat> experience of it more, yes, more right. than the directions of right hand does right. this, foot right. does that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's... Um, it's as I said. It's very short. Actually, the version that I have has twice as much um, explanation uh, from the whoever put it together than the actual texts. <laughs> it's mm. very very short. And this is these are ancient practices, right? Yes. How, how old can we date the beginning of Tai Chi and the classics? Well, the, the the forms f- the formal um, form I think is about eight hundred years old, but the the traditions and the practices go back thousands of years. Um, and as I said, it's related to acupuncture. It's a similar Taoist um, philosophy and way of life. And um, it's been around for a long time. And they've been, you know, perfecting it for thousands of years. Yeah. Uh, and they have, there's a lot to offer. Yeah. Chinese to medicine and, yep. and the herbalism and the, herbalism yeah, and, and, and the massage. And uh, yeah. I think there's five. It's tai Chi, herbalism, massage. Acupuncture? Yeah, I don't know. Acupuncture, and there's one more. Yeah, and then there's one more. I can't remember. Reflexology, maybe. No. Qigong. What is Qigong? Well, Qigong is Qigong and uh, Tai Chi are very closely related, and um, Tai Chi is actually the uh, what Judy calls the ultimate form of Qigong. It's a whole bunch of Qigong put together in a very specific way, but Qigong is a practice that um, you learn to control your energy for. Now it's done for health. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I practice Qigong um, every day, and the idea is for me to say you go to an acupuncturist and you get all cleared up and all your meridians are flowing, and then what happens? So do you go home and then fall into the same patterns again that caused you to go to the acupuncturist in the first place? So if you do Qigong practice, maybe you can take care of that on your own. It allows you to, for your health, to um, help open your meridians and control your energy flow. Um, and that's a that's a really nice uh, way to start the day. <laughs> and there's more than way, than one way of doing Qigong, right? The, there's different styles or different things you do with it. Well, uh, I only know one, so which is the exercises. Uh, for health. Is it like a set of exercises? Oh, no. no. Well, there's 
probably thousands of different. That's what I mean. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, there's there's all. It's not like a set routine. Right. There are a series of exercises that are good for your lungs, and a right. series of exercises that are good for your heart, and a Got series it. of exercises that are, you know, good for your kidneys. And it has to do with the um, theory of uh, behind Chinese medicine, which I'm again, it's just something I'm learning about, so I can't really. Um, describe it in great detail, but um, it's a little different than uh, Western medicine, the way they look at, they look at systems and they look at um, like the whole, like there, there's a thing called the heart, uh, the heart center, but it doesn't mean just your heart. It means everything involved with your heart. And that could be your emotions. It could be the physical heart. It could be the, the, veins and arteries coming and going to your heart and it's it's all connected it's the heart center um, and how do you take care of that and every um, part of it is associated with an or with, there's an organ there's a color there's uh, um, an opening in the body so it could be the eyes the nose the mouth the ears there's um, tastes that go with it. There's uh, emotions that go with it. So every, it's a very different way of looking at health. And their goal is, I understand it, is to make those systems function properly for your health. And Qigong is a way of learning about how to do that for yourself. Yeah. And Qigong has been uh, extensively studied. There's yeah. thousands of studies and research that show benefits yeah. from doing Qigong. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is interesting because some of these modalities has, haven't been studied enough, mm -hmm. um, though they're ancient practices, mm -hmm. for people to say, "Oh, this is this is where we can see that your right. your organs improve right. or your right. digestive system is better." Right. So the a big one in the West is blood pressure. Mm. So that's one that you can um, you can practice qigong and and it, you know as I was I think I was saying earlier I meant tried to say. Um, my practice has made me, uh, is that okay? <laughs> has, um, made me, a, you know, kind of a different, I have a different attitude towards life and one is just relaxing, I'm more relaxed and, and Qigong helps me cultivate that relaxation. Yeah. It's a slowing down. Yes. It's so right. important these days Yeah, because there's so many stressors and right. people rushing from A to B. That's totally. right. <laughs> and, um, I was since since we're talking a little bit about slowing down and you've come to my classes a lot and what we do a lot in feeling crisis slow down our mm -hmm. our movements and our attention and move it in a way use right. the attention in a way that is different than in typical day right um, right daily life to then improve daily life activity right. right so but it takes some of that slowing down and paying attention in a in a different way um, would you share a little bit about your experience in Feldenkrais or through the process of class? Oh, sure. Well, um, I first came to your class after the famous Jane Brody <laughs> article in the New York Times. Um, and um, I had been having uh, intermittent back spasms for many years. And I tried various things and nothing really stuck. Um, and I thought, and she said, oh, I feel so much better after just one class. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. And looked up and found you 15 minutes from my house, which is kind of a miracle because I live in a very rural area. Um, 
So my experience is that it's, um, it's been incredibly helpful. Um, I still, as I think I said that time when I made that recording before, I still occasionally have problems with my back, but it's, it's way less um, debilitating. Um, I'm much more conscious of how I'm moving. I, my posture has changed, I think, since I've uh, started. Um, and I hold myself in a way that sometimes, not always I'm sad to say, but sometimes it's effortless. That, you know, you talk about stacking um, the head over the skeleton and the skeleton, you know, the skeleton over the knee. Yeah, anyway, stacking the skeleton in a way that it, it supports itself the way it's supposed to. And I, I'm, I've learned how to do that. Um, I don't quite have it stuck in my body yet, but I'm getting there. And that's the same posture that you need to do Tai Chi well, too. Mm. Because that's well, that's what I was talking about, um, stepping on the icy canal when I was right. taking a walk. If I had had my previous posture, I don't think, I think I would have been slipping too. But because I stand up straighter and my head is up and my chin is tucked and all those things that we <laughs> do to hold yourself upright in a correct way and an easy way. Um, and I just, I didn't slip. It was great. Very so, good. Anyway, I don't know if that's... Yeah, uh, it's great. I just wanted to highlight the connection because mm -hmm. I feel that um, some of the principles are similar. Oh, they're very similar. So Absolutely. they are not set the same way or grounded in this ancient, you know, Felinkris was created in the, I would say, late 40s, early 50s. Mm -hmm. So it's not so, right. so ancient as Tai Chi. And yet there are some very similar principles that seem to emerge. Right, um, right class after class where we hang out after the class and say, oh, that is yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of fascinating. Well, how did, he, how did he learn to do, to put together his program? I mean, didn't he do... Felinkres? Yeah, I mean, did he research all kinds well, of things? Well, he was or? a martial artist. He right. was a judo right. black belt. Yeah. And he was a, uh, an engineer. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of biomechanical principles and physics. Right. And he was a physicist. Right. Thank you. Um, and he was married with a pediatrician. Oh, right. So he spent a lot of time watching babies, mm -hmm. observing baby development, and observing and understanding mm. the, the 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 sequence of human mobility right. from from babies on the floor all the way to walking and the dysfunctions along the way. Yeah, those that can't crawl at the milestone, and how do they? resolve that if they right, um, right so i think at some point because he was injured he was forced to um put together the, the method you know he yeah. the story goes that it's, it's a true story that his knees were bad from working in submarines mm. and from playing soccer and from judo probably um and the the 50 chance of uh, successful surgery wasn't good enough for him i mean you think of this man like emigrated from Palestine when he was 13 on his own across mm. Israel into Europe and started, you know, living by himself at age 13 and mm. then went to Lasserbon and, you know, got all these degrees and ended up working with uh, the, the Curie in the Curie lab. And oh, they were, wow. you know, it's like an incredible yeah. genius type of a guy. So when they said 50% chance of surgery, it's like, Heck no, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Uh -huh. So he went home and he, he spent some time putting everything he knew, I guess, together. I don't imagine him being, okay, now I'm going to put 
this and this. His brain did it. Oh, yeah. Naturally, right? Yeah. Uh, everything he knew, and he spent countless hours right. on the floor, on his bed, and doing these micro movements right. that allowed his brain to reprogram basically the way his knees were functioning to the point that he could walk again. Yeah. And he could walk into his, his death at right. 84. Yeah. It's without a cane, without a surgery, without yeah. anything. Yeah. Um, and then he thought he could teach it to people. So he started seeing people on the table, helping them. And then mm. people said, well, this is pretty miraculous. What are you doing? And, yeah. and they kind of forced him to teach people how to do what he was yeah. doing. Yeah. And that's how the group class came about. Right. Um, the group version of the work. Right. Well, I don't think Tai Chi was quite as short time frame of development but basically that's what my understanding is what happened is that they were they would look and see well let's see what happens if i do this okay mm -hmm. oh well that didn't work all right let's try this right <laughs> you know over the course of many many millennia yeah so um yeah it's fascinating yeah and the in the root is again in nature because i think part of what we experience in class is, is those movements that probably you did at some point as a baby. And if you didn't, mm -hmm. it'd be nice that you'd learn them anyway. So yeah, you yeah. put together that puzzle piece. And a lot of those movements are in nature and are in the animal kingdom. Right. Um, especially the early movements that have to do with creeping and crawling mm -hmm. and pushing and pulling mm -hmm. and up to the point where you get upright. Um, and then we look at primates and maybe we see them in primates and yeah. they're hanging and they're pushing. Yes, and, right. Yeah. Right. Um, so if they were looking at snakes and birds and monkeys and, you know, right. that's, a, that's a baby for you. Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not that we're not that far apart. We yeah. think we're so smart and yeah. so far apart. But yeah, right. <laughs> we're still monkeys. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Kate. So what's up with this um, breath? <laughs> uh, funny what question. what's uh, up with this breath that you can pay attention to and you kind of mentioned it in past in yeah, passing but you yeah. know it's my obsession yeah and, and i kept saying but when can we work with the breath yes you did and it's you so did. challenging to work with the breath it so is. thank you for not doing that right away but right. can you talk about that right well um as part of the practice um you want to breathe in, it in a relaxed way that it has to do partly with the physical and partly with the energy. So the, the energy and the breath work together. So the chi movement in your body works together with the breath. So if you breathe in a correct way with each movement, um, then you can get the chi where you want it to go. So each movement, actually I was just talking about this this morning, each movement, um, there is, each movement in the Tai Chi form, there is a movement of Chi in your body and it goes to a very specific place. And if you can get the energy moving there, um, then that helps you do, you're doing the form correctly. And, and Judy talks about how when she would be in class and she would have her hand facing a certain way and her teacher would come along and just move it kind of two centimeters in a different direction and she wouldn't understand what that was about and it turns out what that's about is the energy and getting the energy to flow properly so um, the breath enables you to do that and it also as you know from a physical standpoint if you breathe properly you're relaxed 
And if you're relaxed, your flow, everything is flowing better. We were talking about flowing earlier. So, um, I don't know. That's, well, it makes that's perfect a, sense because if you breathe right, you're oxygenating your, your systems. Right. Yeah? You're bringing right. more quality oxygen to your organs mm -hmm. and you're expanding instead of contracting. Right. So, you right. would guess that the chi would flow right. better. Right. Right, and you're not tensing. It, it yeah. prevents your muscles from tensing when you're supposed to be flowing. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're quieting so. your sympathetic nervous system. And oh yeah, bringing right. up the parasympathetic. Right. Who made up those names? I, I wish I those don't know. We're called different. They're not. It's not <laughs> intuitive to me which one is which. So. Right. Um. Yeah. I was hearing this brilliant podcast yesterday. Um, Michael Gervais is a, has a podcast called Finding Mastery, and he's talking about sleep with a sleep expert and it's one topic that I'm becoming more and more interested about um, and he's saying this, there's nothing sympathetic about the sympathetic and why is it called that way <laughs> uh -huh. and I think he's so that's the on. that's the fight or flight that's right? a fight or yeah, flight right. system it it's the opposite it's shallow breath yes. up into the chest yeah and contraction and yes. ready to fight right or leave right. right run or fight Right. So we definitely want to avoid that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So how do you work yeah. your breath as you are practicing right. Tai Chi? What right. do you think of deep breathing? Well, there's, um, because Tai Chi is a, a regular series of movements, um, the breath has a regular series as well. So it's, for me, I learned the practice um, that, you know, you were talking about the 33 ways of, well, you said 26, whatever it was at the time different ways of practice and when you for me it's you learn one thing and then you add another you add another layer and then you keep adding layers and you put a whole bunch of them together and it's like this fluid non-stop relaxing movement i don't even know how to describe it because it's it's very um you're very much in or at least when i'm doing it i'm very much inside my head it's very meditative as mm -hmm. we were talking about um but when things are, are just right, it just it's it's effortless, which I know you would appreciate. It's effortless and and flowing. And if you breathe wrong, that won't that won't happen. If you move wrong, that won't happen. If you stop and start in the course of doing your practice, that won't happen. So sometimes you um, talk to people about Tai Chi and you think, um, boy, that sounds so complicated. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> and but you don't start at the end. You start at the beginning. And I started learning one move. Mm -hmm. um, and Judy would say, go home and practice. And so I'd practice one move, and it would take me 10 seconds. And then I'd, but I'd practice it again. And then the next week, then I'd learn another move. And then I'd practice for 15 seconds or whatever. And it just slowly builds over the course of time. And and if you can stick with it and get to the end, then you, you're you going to get this feeling that is, um, I, I haven't never done anything that, swimming kind of feels mm -hmm. a little bit like when that. When you get but. into <laughs> it, after maybe four or five laps, yeah, right, you yeah, get into right. that zone. But it's, it's such a beautiful metaphor because, look, it's it's not instant gratification. Right. Right? You don't learn the, the whole form in three classes. You need, you learn one move a week, right? And then... You go home to practice, and you can't practice for 15 hours because right. really, so it, it teaches you patience. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah. 
consistency or commitment to the process right and to come back and do it again when i first started with judy um i had come out of a i used to study ballet um and so we would learn routines in ballet and you'd add just like boom 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 okay what's the next one what's the next one so we were <laughs> i was starting with her to learn tai chi and um she taught me the first movement or the first two movements i said okay What's next? And she said, oh, monkey mind. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> right. We'll get there. Let's yeah. do this again. So, right. uh, yeah, patience is, is uh, that is a, uh, actually a huge thing that I've learned since I've started Tai Chi with Judy is, is patience. Yeah. And then it kind of comes together when you're ready, mm -hmm. when you've practiced it enough that yeah. you've sunk and your breath right. is there right. and your yeah. feet are on the ground. And it kind of, kind of shows yeah. itself. It emerges. Yeah. But a lot of art is like that. You can't rush it. Mm -hmm. You can't force it. You have to flow and find the creative, it's, uh, creative it, um, right. spark. Yeah, it's a process. There's no question about it. But even if you just do the 10 seconds, that's Tai Chi. And you'll start getting benefits from it. Um, so, yeah. so that's a good... It's a good thing. My favorite moment is when I when I create excuses for why couldn't I not practice during mm -hmm. our uh, meetings with mm -hmm. Kate, and uh, and I said, oh, I I am so busy, you know, I'm doing this, and then she says, it takes eight minutes to do the whole it's six, form. It's six minutes. Six minutes. <laughs> do you have six minutes? Who doesn't have six minutes, right? Right. Yeah. But you put in a lot of time before those six minutes, so. Yeah. 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 But I mean, we, we cheat ourselves all the time, right? It's like, I, mm -hmm. I don't, I can't make six minutes. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. of course I can. Yeah. Now there was something fascinated too about learning the, the form, which is um, at some point I was able to visualize, like you said before, mental practice, mm -hmm. visualize some of the movements with or without my feet. And, uh, and that's what I could do effortlessly mm -hmm. in yeah. real life. And, and there was a moment where I couldn't see it anymore, and that's where I would get stuck. Right, right. Well, that's, uh, as we say, that you own it. When you can do it in your head without, you know, as far as you can do it, that's the part that you own, and that's become yours, and now you can, you can do it without a teacher, without, you can just do it on your own. That and is pretty incredible, yeah. Because yeah. that's another piece that Felingris was talking about way early, like, 1950, 1960, he was talking about visualizing to mm. create the movement in your oh, in oh, your yes. body, make it more efficient, make it possible even in the body parts that can't move or don't know how. Mm -hmm. And now uh, neuroscientists are, are seeing in the MRIs that it's, it's actually true, that when you right. visualize a movement, your brain is lighting up the same way as if it was really as if you moving. were really doing it yeah. yeah yeah and we know that athletes really use this and practice in their right. heads and from music we know that you can play in your head and practice in your head so but what is that you said own it I yeah. love that yeah. you own it you when own you can it. do it in your head you own it it belongs to you that's right that's beautiful yeah yeah uh, yeah actually I've heard that the um, I, I, I guess that's what you're saying when the the brain lights up in the same way that you can get the benefits, the mm -hmm. same benefits just yeah. by thinking it. Sure. If you, if you can think it completely, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what makes me curious is how can we think it? How can we really get the detail that is necessary to visualize it efficiently? Right. So right. then you can. Right. Well, this again, the practice, right? Right. So <laughs> this is sort of where I was going when I said, 
I'm, I think I'm now a Tai Chi person because I do this kind of stuff all day long. <laughs> you know, I'm constantly right. thinking about it and thinking about how I'm moving. Oh, wait, am I, in fact, I'm sitting terribly right now. But, you know, how am I sitting? How am I moving? Oh, what about this? You know, um, we talk about, <laughs> Judy says, if you stay uh, with her long enough that sh you'll never be bored because she'll always give you something to think about. Right. <laughs> There's a, you know, you're sitting at, at uh, a stoplight and you can start thinking about your energy moving in your body, that kind of thing. Um, and it, and you can start feeling it. Like, so you're just sitting there and it's just like, boop, 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 just exercising, you know, and uh, yeah. part of the Tai Chi practice, all of it. So. Yeah. And so there's no boring anymore once you get into these internal things yes, because right. you have your body with you all the time that's right right that's somebody right. asked me the other day do you ever get bored and i said i have my mind and my body with <laughs> me all the time so i can never ever get bored i'm thinking about the breath yes in my spare right. time mm -hmm. and noticing do i breathe where and how exactly long, and can i hold yes it, I, I since i've started with you I, i'm opening my jaw all the time all the time yeah yeah, yeah. relax <sighs> You know, yeah, you know. unlike your job. <laughs> um, so besides being a, a Tai Chi person and yeah. Tai Chi practitioner, you are a mother. I am. And that's something else that I'm curious about because I'm a mother too and, mm -hmm. and we've shared moments of um, different things happening with our children. Yeah. So you have older kids yes. than me. Yes. How many? I have two daughters. Mm -hmm. uh, one uh, lives in... Ohio, and she has two children, so I have two grandchildren, which is very exciting. How um, old are their grandkids? They just turned 11 and 8, Ooh. so older, yeah. Um, and then I have another daughter who lives in uh, Durham, North Carolina, so, and they're great, and I'm sorry we live so far apart, but we try and get together several times a year uh, all together, and it's really nice. I'm, I'm glad they still like me. <laughs> <laughs> How has it been, this motherhood ride? Oh, boy. Um, you know, at this point, um, a little bit removed from the active. Um, one of the, so one of the things that I thought about being a mother was that it's all about separation. That you're slowly separating, 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 separating until you have a, an adult who's off on their own. Um, which doesn't mean emotional separation, but, uh, you know, you have to, th your kids have to go out into the world, right? You went out into the world. Mm -hmm. You had to leave your family. Are you saying that part of your job as a mother is to facilitate that separation? Well, to allow it, mm. not to facilitate it necessarily, but to allow it. I know there's, you know, there's a big thing about helicopter parents. Mm -hmm. You, know, you got to let them go. Right. Let the, let the birds fly out of the nest. That's the process, part of the process. That's what I think. Was it easy to do or is it easy to do? Um, it's what it is. I don't know. It wasn't easy or hard. It's just part of the next day. Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, your kids go off. To, your kid goes off to, um, gets on the bus to go to kindergarten. Okay. Bye. Okay. Then your kid goes to high school. Okay. Then college. Okay. You know, just, it's a process. Yeah. Every time they go away for longer. Right. right. And look right. at them now. They live in a whole different state. That's right. That's right. You see yeah. them a few yeah. times a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you see yourself in them or them as reflection of you or parts of you somehow? Hmm. That's an interesting, interesting question. In some ways, 
but I'm happy to say that they are um, improved versions. <laughs> <laughs> upgrades. Yeah, upgrades, yeah. absolutely. I mean, we look for improvement in every generation, nice. right? <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, but they're they're wonderful people, and I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I hesitate to say I'm proud of them, not that I'm not proud, uh, but they accomplished what they accomplished. It's, um, they should be proud, you know. I don't, I'm just happy that they're happy. <laughs> That's, and they're that's living good sweet. lives. Yeah. That's how you gonna know. So what what would you give me as advice? Like something that I could work on. I have a nine and a six year old. Uh, no. ah. <laughs> well, I, from everything I have seen, you're a really good mother. So oh. I don't know if I can offer any any helpful advice. Um, but I'll share with you something that was shared with me when my kids were little, which is to give your kids as much experience as wide experience as possible in different things. So you tend, one tends to share the things that you already know about, but maybe your kids want to do something else. Right. You know, so maybe you're a physicist and maybe they want to be trash haulers or mm -hmm. something, you know, that's a silly example, but um, you know, that might be. Let them, let them, explore, them to explore to all mm -hmm. the things that they want and, and embrace that. That's and what does that pace look like? Because what I see that I don't want to imitate is some parents that do do this, do that, do that, do that. Oh, and yeah. they fill their kids with activities and yeah. push them and drag them from here to there. And yeah. they don't seem to have a life of childhood right. life, which I, I feel like it's so precious and it goes away so quickly. Yes. So I've been on the other side of that being like, oh, whatever you want. Yeah. Let's go to school and then play. Right. Um, right. So, what is that pace where you let yeah. them explore but don't push them? Well, into that's it? an in, that's an interesting uh, balance to strike. Um, I used to say, okay, one thing at a time. Mm. You choose one. What do you want to do it. most? <laughs> want to be on the t-ball team, or would you like to uh, <laughs> take music lessons, or you want to dance? What do you want to do? One thing. Love it. Um, How long would they give them until they change their mind? Oh well, they would usually do a th you know like sign up for a thing the only thing that didn't work was when my older daughter wanted to try softball and then she said no no and right i was away. like no but you signed up for it <laughs> and the coach said let her go it's okay she doesn't have to do it um but uh i don't know they, you follow their lead uh-huh you know? yeah i love that yeah yeah i had my experience with that when my little one oh well it's the older one now but she was three years old and she wanted to play the violin mm. and you know you see all these prodigies right it's like oh maybe she's a prodigy yeah so right. there i was pregnant with the second one taking her to violin lessons and then the second one was born and i'm taking her to violin lessons and at some point she says mommy it's, it's too much <laughs> she was probably <laughs> by right. then three and a half yeah and she says mommy it's too much and i said what the ride the class length is everything. <laughs> you oh. know, she was just like done. Yeah. Obviously, oh, if, if we had like a nearby teacher, but it was a 20-minute ride and then a 20-minute lesson and yeah, another 20 yeah. minutes and then the baby, it was a lot. And, <laughs> and she said, mommy, it's too much. So we stopped that oh. after a few months. But um, I could see... I could see myself at that point just just doing more for myself, right? For my own ego, right? 
Right. No, we signed up and That's I talked right. to the teacher and she sees you're talented yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah, a musician, yeah. so we, this this must work. <laughs> and it's not following their lead, right? Right. It's hard right. to follow their, their lead. It is. Well, as you say, ego. You have to work. Right. Let go of your own ego. You That's have tough. to. Yeah. yeah. Is there some ego work with your... Um, Within your experience, because I know the yogis work with the ego. Mm. I know the Buddhists work with the ego, which is my favorite um, path that I'm studying. But yeah. what about the Chinese? Uh, I don't know that I can answer that question. I know that um, being forthright is certainly something that I would aspire to, but I don't know if that's... <laughs> what is being forthright? Um, say what you mean. No, not necessarily... Um, you know, you don't want to be a, you just have to communicate. Mm. That's all. Um, but I don't know that that's particularly a Chinese <laughs> or a Tai Chi thing. I think that's a me thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I was curious to see if in the philosophy that you've come across, there's yeah. a mention to it or, or maybe it works on its own, right? As right. you cultivate your chi. Right. It just <laughs> takes care of all the, the gunk. Yeah. Well, this might be, I, ask, ask me again in a year, perhaps I'll find <laughs> out as I continue to study, perhaps. But I'll wait a minute, we've been doing, you've been doing it for six years. Oh, but I haven't been studying this aspect of it for ah, six years. Gotcha. The physical I've been doing Got it. for yeah. six years. So it's interesting. You start with the physical mm -hmm. and then you go into the more right. uh, intangible. Right. But that's for me, not everybody. Yeah. Some people just do the physical. That's all they're, right. they're interested in, which is fine. That's a great practice. Yeah, but in any case, you can't start with the intangible. You have to start with the physical. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering about that. Well, you know, people have people who study this stuff come. I, I just never had any training right. in that. I have no zero experience in, you know, talking about spirituality or um, any of the in, internal aspects of it. Um, I, so for me, this is all a learning process from mm -hmm. starting from ground zero, from nothing. Right. Um, but most people, um, as far as I am able to tell, most people have some kind of training in this when they're kids. So they would come with some um, assets, some concepts that perhaps I have never had. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I, uh, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I, it just seems like generally it would make sense to start from the physical. Mm -hmm. Or you risk sometimes getting caught up in this like, right. woo-woo land. Right. Well, right. that's that's true. That's true. But I, you're, you're putting me in mind of a, a student who was in one of Judy's classes for a while. And he, uh, I, I don't know what his background was at all, but he came and he studied for several months um, and he didn't, he was, I don't know if he was dyslexic, but he didn't know his left from his right. He couldn't listen to her explanation of what he was supposed to be doing and move in any sensible way that responded to that. But boy, was he relaxed and he went with it. And he was so, um, I mean, he'd be facing in the wrong direction half the time, but it, he was into it and he was relaxed and he was flowing with the movements um, and it, something he always had his eyes closed so there was something going on inside I don't know what it was so I don't know if he came with some um, but yes typically people learn the physical part first physical in my experience yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah actually I was looking at um, there's a series on Amazon called Kung Fu Quest huh. uh, which is a to me fascinating series of 
um, the martial artists who go and meet masters all of different types of martial arts all over the world. And they talk about um, the way that they trained and what they learned, and then they show, they show um, their expertise. And they, they, these guys try and learn different things. You know, in a week, they'll try and learn some different um, tradition. But, um, but a lot of times, the, the, the old masters talk about how they learned and they they start when they're little tiny kids, you know, and they they practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and practice, and they start with the physical for sure. Right. Yeah. So that's what made me think. Yeah, it's usually a good a good rule of thumb yeah. to start with the physical. Yeah. And get get to the emotional and the the right. psycho spiritual through the body mm -hmm. because it's it's more. Uh, measurable maybe, yeah or easier to understand or to compare like yesterday right. and today yes the other right. one is way more intangible and you might feel it and then you don't yes <laughs> like, yeah it's so hard to reproduce yeah the physical is yeah. way more reliable well, right one. i can't say to you okay move your chi now if right? you haven't practiced you can't start it. there <laughs> yeah right and then when that happens on its own you go oh wow but yeah. you've been practicing yeah. your form for for enough. right so if someone would got interested, and I hope many people do listening to this conversation, to try Tai Chi yes. and to come to your class, when can they find you? Um, I teach here on Thursday mornings at 10 o'clock. Um, and actually bef the class before is a Qigong class, uh, which is um, also a really wonderful class that starts at 9 and that is taught by Diane. That from She's going to be with us at some point, yeah. too. Yeah. So Thursdays? Thursdays at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock um, at the forum. And we're going to have, st uh, starting September 21st, we're going to have a fall um, beginner introduction to Tai Chi and Qigong class for six weeks on Saturday mornings on 9.30. So um, that'll be sort of a, a basic um, explanation and teaching about what those two things are and um, you can try it out and if you like it then you can we can talk about other classes that's wonderful <laughs> and people don't need any requirements beginners no. are welcome oh absolutely beginners are welcome yeah, yeah. you don't need any special outfit or shoes nope. or anything nope. like that no nope. i wear today i was wearing shorts and a t-shirt and then bare feet so uh, that's all you need you don't need just any, your, any just fancy your, accessories. Just your desire. Just your desire. <laughs> just your heart. Yeah, that's right. Your body. That's right. Okay. And um, what else was I going to ask you? Oh, you play a little music with it. So that's yes. that's mm -hmm. also very nice. Mm -hmm. I remember that. Yeah. And um, wow, something escapes my mind that I was going to ask you. Oh, no. I know. And, and it was the... Should I ask her that? And I, I knew the answer, but I'm still going to say oh, it. It's okay. like, you don't have any social media pages where we can find you, do you? Um, we're working on it. We You're don't. I'm it. actually, I was just working on a video today. Oh. So. Like um, a Facebook page or Instagram? Yeah. yeah None yeah. of that yet? N not yet. Okay. But in the, in the making. Yes. Great. Indeed. Very good. So if the people want to find out more about you, come on Thursdays. Yeah. Or and call and then... Um, I can give you, you know, do I have a call, a email to kate at cloudhands.net. Beautiful. And I love that name, Cloud Hands. <laughs> it's one of my favorite, uh, move your hands like clouds. It's one of yes. the, mo yeah. the movements in yes. the form that yes. we practice. And many people know uh, Cloud Hands was a business that uh, 
a center that Diane owned, the Qigong teacher. So um, a lot of people know her, and uh, we're working together. And uh, it's been a, a privilege to, to do that. So um, Kate at cloudhands.net, and I'll answer any questions that you have. Perfect. Great. So we're going to put those in the notes. Is there anything in your mind, Joe, that you want to... I didn't let you squeeze one question this time. It's like, boom, boom, boom. I just want to... That, that was a very enjoyable conversation. Oh, ah, thank <laughs> you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know actually too much about Tai Chi at all. Many people don't. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, just like yoga, there's always that like misconception of it. You know? Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tai Chi is a little, try it. <laughs> great. Oh, great. Tai Chi is a little more difficult because it's harder to find. I mean, yoga is everywhere. It right. seems it's like next to the Starbucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a yoga place. <laughs> right? um, but um, in this area, not true in, in many right. other areas. I think if you get to the Southwest and the Northwest, mm -hmm. it's there are a lot more Tai Chi studios. Cool. But um, I'm always willing to talk to people about it and, and uh, enjoy it. And well, clearly I can go class, on it. So. Clearly I can go on at length. So <laughs> awesome. yeah. And, and also appreciating that you are fully committed to the path of Tai Chi. Oh, absolutely. So that makes yeah. a difference because not every teacher is a seasoned teacher or someone mm -hmm. that is really living yeah. it. Yes. And well, I, I haven't been practicing for that long, but my teacher said I can go out and teach and that's, it's an apprentice, sort of an apprenticeship situation. Um, I wouldn't have even thought of it if she hadn't given me permission. So, um, wow. that's very interesting yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's very traditional. Right. Yeah. Something we've definitely uh, I haven't seen in yeah. other fields. Right. You know. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> cut your teeth as a teacher when your teacher thinks you're ready and that's then you right. say but I'm not ready and, and they, they push they, you off yeah, the nest like, that's right go do that's it right. it's just like that just yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, like but I'm shaking it's yeah. okay go do it that's right yeah well, Judy tells the story of the first class she went and she had six pages of notes she said oh. her, her teacher was still there and he said you gotta go teach a class and she said okay and she came in and right before the class she said look at all the notes I I wrote up, I'm ready for the class. And he looked at them and then he crumpled them up and threw them away <laughs> and said, just, you know, just, wow. you know, the moves, you, just go do it. Hmm. Just, oh, just, just do, right? Don't try, just do. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Kate, it's been a pleasure. Oh, to thank have you very you much. Today. Thank you very much. It's uh, been an honor, honor to have you at Coro and as a friend and, and to have you whenever you come to class on the floor, it's always beautiful <laughs> to see you. And uh, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for asking me. Yeah. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you as always for listening to Movement Matters. Please subscribe, rate, and review below as it helps spread these conversations on coexistence. We've included Kate's class schedule here at Coro in the show notes. And a quick shout out for two upcoming events, very special ones, uh, right before Thanksgiving in conjunction with the November 22nd Elements Party, we'll be having our third community potluck. And on December 14th, save the date, we have our one-year anniversary party here at <laughs> So save those two dates, November 22nd, right before Thanksgiving, and December 14th. In the meantime, come see us at Guru. Thank you very much. Stay tuned. Have fun, guys. <laughs>